0: Meisters, Perikhei, Mishnah Zion. We were nearing the end. This Mishnah is short and has very few words. Um, it is not very complicated, but to appreciate it, let me explain the whole story outside first. The case is that one has, in the middle of his harvesting of his grain, he has a little pile, and that pile has reached Gemar Malacha. It will be called an arema, uh, which often means a pile that hasn't yet had Gemar Malacha, but if he doesn't intend to do Meruach on the Cree and smooth it out, or if this was a smooth out the rema, as we said in the first parak, the sixth Mishnah, that in such a case it would be obligated in tithing at that point. So, so for argument's sake, this pile is obligated in ties. Let's say he was he'd smoothed it over, or he wasn't going to smooth it over. He's intending on selling it to reach Gar Malacha. But he still has a large field of unharvested grain out there. And in fact the quantity of grain out there in loose pieces is larger than the quantity of grain that has reached Gorma that needs to be tithed. Now, one night he sees ants near his pile of grain that is subject to the tithing requirements already. And in the morning he sees that there's perhaps even a great deal of grain inside the ant holes that are nearby the pile. So, The status of that grain that's in the holes of the ants is the question here. Do we say that the grain inside the holes came from the nearby pile, in which case it would be liable to tithing? Or do we say it came from the larger quantity of grain that's out there in the fields, in which case it would be exempt from the tithing requirement? Now, the reason why it would be exempt if one finds it in this hole is as follows. We said that the time that the obligation to tithe kicks in is at Kemar Malaha when one smooths over the pile, when he finishes processing the grain. Now, if prior to that point, prior to the smoothing of the pile, prior to Kemar um some grain gets lost to ants, so that the owner of that grain will assume he's never getting that grain back, and therefore he'll be miaesh he'll give up hope of getting it back, even if he doesn't know it's lost, but he'll just give up hope, hope of getting it back because it's gone from him. And that being the case, it becomes hefker, becomes ownerless. When a person abandons hope of getting something back, it becomes hefker. And that being the case, the grain which he gave up ownership of now becomes exempt from the tithing requirements if it's later found. If a person renders something ownerless, makes it hefker, after that something had reached the point where it's obligated in tithing, like for example, if after the pile had been smoothed, he then even explicitly says, I'm leaving this pile as Hefger and I'm running away, let the Cossacks take it if they want, whatever the story is. So then it doesn't matter. That pile of grain, since it reached Gamar Malacha, it finished being processed, it now must be tied, even if it was rendered Hefger after that point. So the question by the grain we find in the holes of the ants is, did this come from the grain pile after it was Required to be tithe, in which case, even though it becomes Hefker, it's still subject to the tithing requirements? Or do we say it came from the rest of the field, in which case it was lost prior to the obligation to tithe that kicked in, and therefore it's Hefker and exempt from the tithing requirements? Now, to decide that question, the usual rule when we have some item we don't know where it came from um, is we go after what's called rove, the majority. And we we say, um, did this, you know, we assume normally. That the in this case the grain or whatever it is, um, came f- from the ma- the source of the majority of grain like this. Um, so if we'd go by that, the principle of rove, we'd say the majority of grain available here in this field is from the unharvest, un-digmar-malachtan grain, and that being the case, it should be exempt. However, there's another principle one could use, and that is not rove, majority, but rather karov. Now Those words sound the same. In Hebrew, I don't think they're connected at all etymologically. I think they're just two different words. Karov means to be close. So you could have a separate way of answering the question. You could say, listen, let's assume, perhaps, the grain came from the closest source. And in our case here, the ant holes are very close to the pile of grain. And therefore, we've got the principles of rov and karov in conflict. According to rov, the majority has not yet been harvested, and therefore, not yet subject to tithing requirements. Therefore, if it's Hefker, it would be exempt from tithing. But the Karov, the closer source, um, is the local close-by pile, um, which was now subject to tithing requirements. And if, even if it were Hefker, when one pulled the grain out of the anthole, he would have to still tithe it. So the normal rule is that if you have a conflict between Rove and Karov, between going after the majority and going after what's more close to you, you go after Roe. We don't consider Karo to be more important. So, for example, taking a different question altogether, for argument's sake, you know, there are three butchers in town, two are kosher and one is trafe, and um, one finds a piece of meat lying around near the trafe butchery. So, majority is kosher, but the closer one is trafe. So, the rule would be we go after rove, and we say that this meat can be assumed to have lost from the kosher supply which is the majority of the supply, and that being the case, it would be permissible to take that meat under whatever circumstances. And we don't worry about the fact that it happens to be that the closest butcher to where this meat is now found in the street is the not-kosher butchery. So that will be the same over here, ostensibly, meaning the majority is of the grain in the field is untithed, excuse me, is unprocessed, and therefore would be exempt from the tithing requirement. However, our mission is going to say, notwithstanding what I just said, we will say that the Karov principle trumps the Rove principle here. And we will say we will safely assume, says the Mishnah, we can safely assume, that the grain that's found in the ant holes, even if it's a lot of grain, comes from the close by pile. And the reason why is because ants wouldn't go far afield from their holes to go get grain far away when they could very easily get grain close by in the pile. And therefore it's not a question of suffix at all. It's basically a certainty. There's no doubts here. Certainly, we're almost certainly all the grain in the anthills came from the local supply, the closest supply of grain, which is the grain in the pile. And that being the case, the mission will say, notwithstanding that the rove principal majority is in conflict with karov, here we go with karov, the closer source, because not even a Suffolk at all. It's unreasonable to assume that the ants went far away to get grain when they could get it close here. And that's true, even if there's a very large quantity of grain in the holes. We'll just say those ants worked all night. We saw in the night. We find in the morning the ants' holes full of grain. And we'll assume those ants were very uh, busy ants all evening. Um, There's no magic about night and day, by the way. It just, as it happens in practice, ants come out in the evening time, if you're familiar with ants, because it's less hot, and they do their work through the night. In the hot heat of the day and sun, they just stay out of the sun altogether, so they don't dry out. So, that being the case, the mission simply says, even though it's a question of Rove versus Karav, and normally the rule is we go after Rove, the majority. Here we go after karov, the more proximal source, um, because it's basically not a suffolk, no, at all, not even considering it to be a doubt. Basically, for sure, the ants got all this grain from the local pile, and therefore, if you recover grain from the holes, you must still tithe it. That's the mission outside. The Mishnah inside very briefly says, Hanumalim, shelanu. If you have ant holes, um, Shelanu, now, the word doesn't mean hours, shelanu. it means, She, that, Lanu, Lina, means to stay overnight, like the water for using matzah, etc. So, or the Isra of Lina for for meat, for sacrificial meat, etc. So if you have ant holes, if they spent the night unsupervised, the ant holes, and the ant holes are located nearby a pile of grain, which is obligated in being tithed, so then the grain found in the holes is obligated to be tithed, as I explained before. Because we know meaning it's a virtual certainty, Gorin it was from this source, the source meaning the pile that was nearby, that's where the ants were gorer, they dragged the grain all night long, they wouldn't go far away to the field, and therefore we'll safely assume that this grain in the holes came from the local uh, pile, and if you're going to eat it, you have to tithe it first, not the fact that it came hefker after the ants took it. Yeah, I and mean, that's really gives you insight into life in the good old days, they would eat wheat on certain occasions right out of antholes.